This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome back to How Far We've Come, our podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. This time around, we're chatting about education. And just like education can help shape our future, NGS Super is all about helping you plan for what's ahead. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, in the four episodes we've done in this series so far, a common theme keeps coming up. Surprise, surprise, that's funding. Yeah, no matter what level of the education system you point to, funding is what so many things come back to. And because primary and secondary schooling is the biggest catch-all for Aussies, and there is another wave of reform and review coming at us, it's just a really good chance to get our bearings. To do that, we're going to take on the Gonski reforms from the 2010s, not just what led to it, but what's come after that as well. I certainly had not wrapped my head around Gonski properly, Claire. Yeah, confession time, me neither. So I'm quite (laughs) excited to get into it. Let's do it. Like considering that we were high up last time and then we've gotten lower as the years have gone by, it's kind of and like bad for Australia. It's sort of appalling because we're a very rich country and I think we should learn how to do maths better. There's a lot of things that a country needs maths for and to be able to trade with other countries they need the skills of maths. That's some school kids from an ABC News report back in 2012 talking about falling NAPLAN results. We covered that in the last episode. When it comes to Gonski, it was everywhere about a decade ago, but unless you have a keen interest in education policy, you could be forgiven like we've forgiven ourselves for not really knowing what it's all about. Yeah, we'll absolutely forgive you for that. And whilst it was a big deal then, it's also very relevant now because the Albanese government is in a process with the states and territories about outcomes, which we talked about last episode, Mm. and funding, which is this episode. Yeah, as those kids said, it's an acknowledgement that the educational outcomes aren't where we want them to be. We want kids in schools to be doing better on literacy and numeracy particularly. Talk us through how that plays out, Claire, when it comes to funding our school structure, so public schools, independent schools and the Catholic sector. Yeah, so everyone gets some degree of government funding. Government schools account for about two-thirds of our school students, that was in 2022, they are 100% government funded and it's the states and territories that are the majority funder for government schools. That's in line with their constitutional responsibility. The federal government funds about 20% of the cost of public education and when it comes to supporting the independent and the Catholic sector, the feds put in about 75% of that funding. So as a total in numbers, in 2023, the federal government funded schools to the value of $27.3 billion. We don't have the same number for what the states and territories will contribute this year, but the total amount of funding to schools is well over $70 billion a year. Yeah, and per student, depending on where you go to school and what system you're in, our governments are contributing upwards of about $10,000 per student per year. That's towards our kids' primary and high school education. Governments also provide capital funding to schools to keep the buildings in good nick, so that's on top of that. Yeah, it's a lot of money and a lot of that formulation goes back to Gonski. Let's get into that next. We have got a world-class system in schools around Australia, but it is a system that's slipping 
on any of the scores. It shows something about a lucky country. We've got something good, and unless we look after it, it will drop. Claire, I want to take you back in time, or everyone back in time for that matter. Kevin Rudd was Prime Minister, Julia Gillard was his deputy and also the Education Minister, and we were about to hear one bloke's name come up a lot in conversation, a serious business bloke, in fact. Yeah, his name was David Gonski, and you just heard from him then. He has been called the chairman of everything. He chaired (laughs) Coca-Cola Amatul, Hoyts, the Australian Stock Exchange, ANZ, Morgan Stanley and the Future Fund. He's currently (laughs) the Chancellor of the University of New South Wales and he's involved in so many more things as well. Yeah, it's quite the CV. Fun fact, he went to school with Malcolm Turnbull and they followed pretty similar paths going from law into wheeling and dealing for big businesses. This isn't a podcast about David Gonski, though, though it is his name. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast I feel on like David we could. Gonski because yeah. <laughs> he is a really interesting bloke. But, look, it doesn't really serve to explain uh, exactly how our education system works with funding, but it does serve to explain how he found himself chair of the expert advisory panel of the Commonwealth Government's review of the funding of schools in Australia. There must be an acronym for that. <laughs> Surely. C-G-R-F-S-A. Yeah, let's go with that. We've talked about this model a couple of times, an expert advisory panel being appointed to lead or inform these big reviews. It was in 2010 that Julia Gillard, when she was Education Minister, commissioned Gonski or David, David Gonski, to look at an overhaul of funding for both public and private schools to improve Australian students' results. And the goal was a lofty one. What Gillard said at the time is, and this is the quote, every child should have access to the best possible education, regardless of where they live, the income of their family or the school they attended. And over the following 20 months, the review received more than 7,000 written submissions, held over 80 consultations sessions and met with hundreds of professionals and stakeholders. Obviously, all of that took a little while and by the time the review report was handed to the government in late 2011, Julia Gillard was the Prime Minister, Claire. Doesn't hurt to have the woman who kick-started that whole process in the big chair when it landed. Mm. And what the Gonski review contained was 41 recommendations. The big ones recommended a change in the funding model. So one third of funding to come from the Commonwealth and there would be a per-student funding standard. There is an acronym for this, the SRS. That's the Schooling Resource Standard. Yeah, it's based on the funding received by high-achieving reference schools. They bundled them into a group. And what they did is they looked at schools where at least 80% of students were achieving above the national minimum standards in their NAPLAN tests over three consecutive years. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out here that if there is one thing to take out of this conversation we're having about Gonski, it's how important that recommendation of the SRS, the Schooling Resource Standard, was. Yeah, and that's because what it says is there is a dollar figure on what it costs to produce successful students. Mm. And in recognising that not all schools are equal, there were loadings applied on top of that SRS. 
hang in there on this because it's going to get a little detailed, but those loadings, they're additional payments essentially. They cover students with a disability, low English proficiency, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students, socio-educational disadvantage, school location and school size. That's pretty straightforward for public schools. For independent and Catholic schools, there's a discount to the SRS reflecting the school community's capacity to contribute to the operating costs of the school because don't forget those aren't entirely government funded. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that capacity to contribute was put into a formula, and Kate, bear with me, called the CTC, (laughs) capacity to contribute. And what a school's CTC score determines is the amount that the federal government's base funding would be reduced. We are in the details now, as we said, but you can see that with these two formulas, the aim of addressing educational inequality had sort of taken shape. The big question, I guess, even if you didn't catch all the detail of that, what everyone really wants to know is whether it works or not. No, doesn't work. Uh, The education sector is filled with competing stakeholders, but the one thing that they agree on is that it hasn't worked over the last decade Mm. or so. Most public schools have yet to reach their full funding according to their SRS, so that's an issue. And there are many non-government schools that continue to receive more than what their benchmark rate should be. And there's a reason why that's the case. So when it was implemented, Julia Gillard promised schools that no one would lose a dollar of funding, Claire. She also promised that the Catholic and independent sector schools would maintain their share of funding. This isn't just a Gillard issue, though. No, because in 2017, then Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull called up his former schoolmate, David Gonski, to deliver (laughs) Gonski 2.0. They had a look at that funding pie, but Turnbull was equally determined to make sure that no one lost out. So the political imperatives to ensure that there were no losers mean that it's very difficult to get more resources to schools because the pie is only so big and some schools need more help. That's a nice segue to where to next. Before we dive into what's next, a quick message from NGS Super who worked with us on this series. Many of you who work in education probably know NGS Super is a leading super fund for educational professionals. But one thing you might not know is that NGS is working hard to create a carbon neutral investment portfolio by 2030. They offer low fees, award-winning insurance and personalised service so you can make sure that your super is working for you. Just search for them online at ngssuper.com.au. The truth is that children from poorer families are still less likely to go to preschool than children from wealthier families. They're all also less likely to finish high school and less likely to go to university. The same is true if you grow up in the bush or the regions or if you're Indigenous. If you're one of those children you are three times more likely to fall behind at school today. That's Federal Education Minister Jason Clare. He's had a pretty good run on this series (laughs) so far. Clare, I wonder why. Might be something about being the Education Minister. (laughs) He really has. (laughs) He's talking there about the challenges he's looking at when it comes to improvements and outcomes. To get on top of it, including before his time, there have been reviews galore, agreements on more funding, but the results just aren't improving. And we mentioned this last episode as well. Earlier this year, there was a report by the Productivity Commission and it found that no improvement to academic performance in Australia, despite a lot more funding being put in. And also what it said was that clear goals would need to be set for future funding agreements. 
Yeah, to do that, there's a focus on how to get federal and state governments to lift funding for government schools up to our national promise of the SRS, the SRS again. There's also a focus on accountability. Yeah, the Productivity Commission report was really a bit of a flashpoint in all of this. There were plenty of questions about why standards haven't improved despite more money, even though there were lots of commitments made towards it, but actually no accountability for the results. One thing Minister Clare has been focused on is improving teacher quality. So the issue there is around fixing the training that teachers receive in Australian universities. To get to the bottom of that, and Kate, I know you're going to be absolutely gobsmacked when I tell you this, there was a review commissioned and it was led by an expert panel. (laughs) No way. No way. Unbelievable. That review was led by former New South Wales Education Department Secretary, trained teacher and current Sydney University Vice-Chancellor Mark Scott. He's also the former boss of the ABC. Yeah, there's lots of big CVs in this podcast, isn't there? Mm. What his panel found was that teaching graduates weren't being equipped with the knowledge and skills required to teach effectively. So that's being pursued as well. All of this plays into the review to inform a better and fairer education education system. That's the big process that's wrapping up at the moment. It'll also inform the next National Schools Reform Agreement. They capitalise, Claire, they're important. That's a joint agreement, that National Schools Reform Agreement between the Commonwealth, States and Territories. And what it does is aim to lift student outcomes across Australian schools. It was due to end in December 2023. It's been extended by 12 months until December 2024. Yeah, it's a really big one. Like you say, lots of proper nouns and capitalisation in all of that. So look, when all of that drops, look how far ahead of the curve we are. We're ready for that conversation when it all unfolds. When it all happens, we're super informed. Claire, in this series so far, we've covered why education is free in Australia, vocational education. We've talked through HEX, NAPLAN and now Gonski. Our next and final episode, What's Left? Yeah, so get ready to take a look into the brave new world of technology in the classroom. Education and tech, obviously, have been working hand in hand for a while now, but there have been some massive developments, a lot of that supercharged by the pandemic. We'll get into all of that. That episode will be out same time next week. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au. Please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you. Thank you.